also I really love the way you talk I know that sounds so dumb but like the New Jersey accent is so fabulous (laughs) do I really sound like I'm from Jersey I've heard I sound like I'm from California oh are you kidding you totally have a Jersey accent (laughs) and I love it it's like so fun I love hearing it (laughs) well when I was growing up they would always be like you sound like a valley girl and I'm like what's a valley girl and then they're like you know the girl's the valley from Cali I'm like oh okay (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I've definitely been accused of the Valley Girl thing, <laughs> with good reason. But. It's common for people to engage in skin picking to some degree. According to BFRB.org, however, research indicates that 2 to 5% of the population picks their skin to the extent that it causes noticeable tissue damage and marked distress or impairment in daily functioning. 75% of those affected are female. This is known as skin picking disorder, excoriation disorder, or dermatillomania. Vanessa shares her personal struggle with skin picking disorder and how she found the ability to live her life without shame. My name is Vanessa. Um, I've been born and raised in New Jersey. I'm 32 years old, so I'm an 80s baby, also a millennial. But I do feel like I connect more with the, the older Generation X. I love to keep active either by working out, going walking or hiking, taking classes at the gym. I like to read. I love to journal. Um, And I love to go to live shows and listen to music. I love live music. There's nothing like it. Oh my gosh. I miss it so much because of the quarantine, but I'm hoping in 2021 that the shows will be back up and running. I actually bought tickets already for a show, so I'm hoping... It'll oh, be back. I hope so too. It that the world is sorely in need of that. So I know. Yeah. So I before you continue, I want to ask, I'm curious. You said that you relate to both millennials and Generation X. Yes. I want to hear one or two ways that you feel like you relate to Gen X. I feel like I'm more old school. Like I grew up without the technology. So I've been around, you know, like playing outside and making up dances and doing things um, that did not involve technology. Um, Also the music, I love older music Um, compared to today's music. I honestly, I think a lot of it is garbage. Well, and when you said like making up dances, I total that was my jam. That is exactly what I would do was make up dances with my sisters yep. and my friends. Me too. And, oh yeah. And Absolutely. it's kind of funny because now they have I don't know if you know of TikTok. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So and like everybody's making dances again. And I'm like, this would have been perfect when I was yeah, younger. Yeah, back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Um, what do you do for work? Um, so I'm a home health aide. And I actually went to school for psychology at Rowan University, and I got my bachelor's degree, but I'm not technically using the degree right now. Um, I went back and got my certificate for home health aid because I couldn't find anything in the field that I was really interested in. At the moment, I'm actually searching for a new job or possibly thinking about going back to school to get my master's. Yeah. So in psychology, possibly? <sighs> possibly. But I'm actually a little bit interested in counseling. So I was thinking maybe more of like a guidance counselor where I can uh, counsel and guide uh, students 
academically, but also like in their personal life too. People who have been through counseling themselves, I feel like are really, really good at that kind of thing. You know, people who have um, done a lot of work on themselves. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, they, they can lend a lot of um, authentic experience and authentic advice, I think, to kids. So that, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in it. I just have to like get my butt moving. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm I, 32 I know how that goes. and I'm not in my career yet. When you're young, like in college, as a, a young college student, you think, okay, I'm choosing this career that's going to be the whole rest of my life. But you know what? Like, I'm 37 and I've been teaching for 13 years. And I'm like, you know, maybe I'm going to go back to school and become a therapist for OCD. Or maybe I'll go be, I've actually thought about being a school counselor myself, you know, and just getting a, a degree. Even it's still in my same field of education, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, your world doesn't, it's not defined by what you decide at age 21 and you, you can change your mind and you can do more things and expand your horizons. And I think that's, that's the beauty of life. You're here on the show today to talk a little bit about, um, body focused, repetitive behavior. So is it correct to say you were, you know, when were you first diagnosed with the BFRB? Is that a correct yeah. way to say yep, it? Of course. So BFRB is like you said, body focused, repetitive behavior. So there's a few different, I guess, like it's an umbrella of terms where you can be diagnosed with skin picking disorder, um, hair pulling disorder, nail biting, cheek biting, um, anything really that like any behavior that is like obsessively over grooming yourself would be would fall under the body focused repetitive behavior but yes um you can use bfrb um i've just personally just used skin picking disorder i've just told people that i have that but it's it is a bfrb so interesting so when you said it's an over grooming anything where you're doing over grooming yeah. and it's it's body focused that that kind of intrigues me a little bit is it related to an insecurity about your physical appearance? I believe so. Um, I feel like we perceive certain imperfections on our body and we try to like fix the imperfections. So it could be like a bump on the skin or um, a hair that you know, maybe doesn't belong in a certain place that you think it would be. So you would pluck it or you would, you know, pick at the bump. So you, for me, it's like a texture thing. So if, you know, I have a bump, I don't, I I want the skin to be smooth. So I pick at it or I scratch it off and it does lead to it looking worse and scabbing. Do you deal with um, anxiety or depression or anything like that linked to your BFRB? Yes. So I have anxiety, depression, OCD, PTSD, and then the skin picking disorder. Wow. Okay. So that's just a piece of the puzzle. You know, it's just like a whole combination of things. Um, yeah. But I feel like anxiety and depression kind of go hand in hand with each other. And then the others kind of just happen throughout life. Interesting. Yeah. yeah the, the the links between them, it's undeniable that one sometimes causes the other mm-hmm. or triggers the other. And right. So tell me what you, a little bit about your 
process of being diagnosed and mm-hmm. what you understood about skin picking disorders before you were diagnosed. I'd love to hear a little bit about that process. Sure. So I was diagnosed with skin picking disorder back in 2014. That year I went back to school and I just knew some things like were wrong in my life and that I needed guidance and help. I knew I was a skin picker, but I did not know like the extent of the disorder, nor did I know that I was even a disorder. I just knew I was a skin picker. Um, I remember Googling about my skin picking years before I went to therapy and I barely found any information on it. Um, I only recently found out about the term BFRB actually, um, probably a year or so ago. Wow. So you're, you're still kind of learning then. Yes, of course. Uh Uh-huh. It's crazy. Like you think, you know, yourself and you have like no idea. So when you said that you, um, were diagnosed because you had gone in to talk about other things that were going on in your life. So was it sort of incidental that they were like, and by the way, this, that you have talked about is a disorder or like, how did that all come to be? Well, I did talk a lot about skin picking and how it like, it was detrimental. It, it messed with things in my life. Like, um, I wouldn't go to certain events or I would skip class or I would call out of work. Um, and all of these things like disrupted my life and it was around the skin picking. So I would talk about it to my therapist and then I actually got evaluated where I took a bunch of tests and that's when I got diagnosed with everything in 2014 They thought that I had a few things, but they weren't sure they wanted to um, make sure by, I went through about like 10 different tests and it came out with that I had all those things. But that's so interesting um, that, that all of the diagnoses kind of happened at once. Growing up, did you have any uh, anxiety or OCD or BFRB symptoms that you can recall? Like how early did this start for you? Well, so growing up, I think I had depression and anxiety starting in elementary school. Um, But the OCD, I remember probably starting in middle school or high school because every day before school, I had to, um, I showered a certain way. I had to do it like in a certain amount of time. Um, And I remember I had to like, have matching like underwear bra and socks and I would have to iron my clothes every single day and if I didn't I would feel so distressed that's a lot of pressure on a young person yeah, I know. And, you know to have to iron your clothes every I don't even I, I don't even remember okay I don't iron now <laughs> but like back then in middle school and high school for some reason like I could not leave the house with having like lotion on my body matching like underwear and ironing my clothes Wow. So that was kind of an OCD. I think so. Yeah. Behavior. Yeah. Because it's obsessive. It like controls you. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then did the skin picking start like with uh, adolescence Mm -hmm. and puberty? Yeah. So I started picking in middle school. I want to say maybe around age 13. I think I was in seventh grade when I started picking. Um, But it was out as oh like I have a blackhead or I have a pimple and you know let me pop it 
So I would do that, but it would never leave any marks, scabs. It would leave nothing. So it kind of got reinforced like, oh, okay, I can do this. And I still have clear skin like afterwards. And then it became a habit in high school. And I actually had a friend when I was 15 who was also a skin picker. um, And we would like pick each other's skin together. Wow. Yeah, but we didn't think it was weird or anything. But I look back and I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's kind of weird. <laughs> but at the time, you were both in the same boat. Yep. So you you, uh, you understood each other. That's funny. Yeah. In adolescence, when that was happening, or even now, I guess I, I could ask, um, does it relieve anxiety to do it? Yes. Just anxiety about your skin, or does it relieve anxiety in general about other things? Like, is it a is it a way to self soothe? Almost. Yes, I definitely believe that. Like, I can be really happy, or I can be really sad, or really anxious. Like, any heightened emotion for me is kind of uncomfortable. So, what I'll do is while I'm thinking about, you know, like everything that I'm thinking about, I'll pick at the same time, which helps soothe and like kind of level me out. That's so interesting. Yeah. Cause I think you think of it as just being a way to relieve the desire to have clear skin or something, but it, but it's not, it turns into more than that. You yeah. know, it turns into a way to, it's like how everybody kind of has their thing that they do, but this one just happens to be destructive to your, your body, not on purpose, but so have you, what kinds of treatments have you sought for, um, your BFRB in general? So I've been in therapy now for seven years. um, And I mostly have done cognitive behavioral therapy, also known as CBT, or dialectical behavior therapy, which is DBT. And they're both a type of talk therapy. Um, The CBT, it it like helps you focus on the behavior and your beliefs and attitudes about that behavior and why you use that behavior to deal with emotional problems. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's understanding the why. Maybe. Yes, exactly. Um, and then the DBT, it's a little bit different in the way where it tries to identify and change the negative thinking patterns that you have about yourself or about the behavior. And it pushes you for more positive behavioral change. Okay. So what would be an example of something that your therapist might walk you through with DBT? I've never actually heard of that term DBT. Okay. Uh, Well, I had never heard of it until I went to college and they had actually a DBT support group and it was a bunch of college kids and there was about 20 of us in there it was every Tuesday and Thursday you can show up if you want and um we had a workbook and it was a lot of like physical work as in CBT is more just like talk therapy DBT is actually putting in the work so like an example of DBT like I don't know if you've heard of mindfulness yes that's actually a technique from DBT So, you know, focusing on like focusing in on one specific thing instead of letting your mind, you know, wander and it's okay if it does wander, but being mindful is where you zone back in to that one thing that you're supposed to be thinking about. But also, you know, you could say, oh, um, 
let's say you did bad on a test, you could say, you know, I'm a failure. And then to change that pattern or that way of thinking, you have to say, I'm not a failure. I just need to study harder. Or I'm not a failure. I just failed one test. It doesn't make me a failure. It just means I need to study harder. So it's basically trying to change the dialogue. Exactly. Change the dialogue that you're feeding to yourself. Oh, wow. Yeah, because that that is where the anxiety and the depression comes from is the conversations that we have with Mm -hmm. ourselves and the things that we tell ourselves. Yeah, that's where it all starts. And then all these other issues grow out of that. Yes. Um, I have heard and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that there aren't really medications that are out there that will kind of control impulses when it comes to BFRBs. Is that true? Have you found anything helpful in terms of medication or supplements? Um, like you said, I don't believe that they have found, you know, the cocktail of medicines or just one medicine to help with the urges. You know, right now it's very trial and error, but I'm actually on three medications. Um, one SSRI, one antipsychotic, and one antihistamine. What kinds of differences have you seen in yourself since you started taking medication? Um, when I wasn't on medication, you know, I feel like it's, it's a mixture of things, but I would stay in bed for days after like a picking session. Um, I wouldn't want to go out into the world. I was very ashamed. Um, so with the medicine, I'm able to go and live my life and be more comfortable in my skin. Wow. So that I didn't realize that the, the episodes would lead to depression directly like yep. that. I mean, it's, it makes sense. It's crazy, but I, but I think yeah. the picking has kept me in a depression for my, like for half of my life. Cause I've been doing it. Well, a little bit more than half my life, but because let's say something happens, something bad or whatever happens throughout your day. And then you, and then you pick, it magnifies it and makes it that much worse. So, but when I don't skin pick after, let's say something bad or something that's like an emotion that's heightened, if I don't pick, I feel so much better and I'm able to continue my day. But when I pick, it kind of disrupts the day and, makes everything magnified so it makes the issue that's at hand a lot worse it seems a lot worse anyway because now you feel like crap about yourself as well right right and what is that urge like so I feel I know this is related to OCD but I also feel like the urge is very similar to uh, um, an addiction um I've you know, abuse drugs and alcohol when I was younger. Um, And it's kind of like that feeling where you're kind of chasing that high. And um, when you pick, you do get this high, you get this relief. And, you know, it releases serotonin into your brain and it releases certain chemicals that say, like, you know, um, like you got that high. I don't, it's hard to explain, but Um, I get tingles, like tingly feeling in my fingers. So I have to do a lot of like hand exercises throughout the day, like a lot of stretching my fingers. No, that is such a good answer. I mean, that is such a a great description. I don't think people understand. It's so easy for someone to say, well, just stop. Yeah. Like, can't you see what it's doing? 
you know, that's such an easy thing for somebody to say, and they don't understand that it is not something in your control. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it is. Degree. Yeah. But you know, when you have the OCD or, you know, it's like somebody else in your brain telling you, it's like you have the devil on your shoulder saying, you know, right. hey, it's okay. You can just do one. You can just do one. And then you fall into this trap. Right. Exactly. And then there's like a trance that comes with it too, where you're kind of subconsciously picking, or you can even be consciously picking, but you're like, I'm going to get that relief. And even though, you know, you're going to feel shame and uh, embarrassment and guilt, you still, you still get that relief. And you're like, like you get the, like the, like a, a sigh of relief. Like you feel that when, when you pick. Yeah. It's like an immediate gratification yep. it goes away. So it's, right. this, it's this very destructive cycle. A lot of people have also said it, you know, it's similar to self-harm. And um, I mean, people had their different opinions on it. Um, but I do believe that part of it is self-harm um, because you are causing wounds. You are causing lesions and, you know, your skin to bleed. Um, but I've heard that, people who have self-harmed like in other ways get they would get the same relief as picking does for me wow I feel like it's so deep it's super complex you know I've been doing it for so long and I still don't fully understand it yeah and tell me what that's like for your support system like friends and family have they come to understand it has that been hard like what what has that been like well, the people that I've met through support groups are my biggest supporters. Um, so I'm so grateful to have them. But like my friends and family, they don't really understand it. Um, I have a couple like best friends who are in the mental health field. So they somewhat understand it. Um, but besides them, they people don't get it. They just think it's like, Oh, you're, you, you pick your skin. I pick my skin too. But it's like, yes, you do normal grooming, but I do it to the extent where it, you know, it makes me depressed and I I can't leave the house and I want to, you know, cover up my skin. Whereas, you know, someone pops a pimple that they just go about their day. Right. Yeah. They, they can't understand the extent to, yeah, to what it, how it affects your life. Mm-hmm. and how much it controls your thoughts do you find yourself just constantly thinking about it when you get the urge to pick oh yeah I mean even if I don't have the urge it's kind of crazy but I think about it all the time when I wake yeah. up like the first thing well when I wake up it's not the first thing that I do but maybe the first few things that I do is go into the mirror mirror and look at myself so it's like you know, your first five, 10 minutes of your day, you're already like, starting the, the, the thinking process about, you know, today we're not going to pick. So you mentioned earlier about the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment. Yeah. So how have you been able to come to terms with it or find peace with it? I mean, I know it's a, a work in progress. Yeah. But the fact that you're willing to talk about it openly shows that you have come to some sort of peace. And how, how have you gotten there? So I have found some peace within the last couple of years with the disorder. I, like I said before, I'm able to live my life and not hide like I once felt I needed to. 
Um, and I've met so many people in the recent years who also suffer either from mental illness and BFRBs, which helps me to know that I'm not alone and I can relate to these people. Um, and I find comfort in knowing if you continue to try, things will get better. You got to put the hard work in. And there are others who are able to manage their the disorder. So if they can, I can one day too. That's, that's so great. The inspiration of watching others who've taken the path ahead of you and forged the trail. Well, and that's why I think it's so important to talk about it because if they weren't willing to talk about it, if they hid behind it, Mm -hmm. no matter how much help they got from it, you know, if they don't use their experience to help light the path for somebody else, then it's a little bit in vain. I think, you know, people thought it was such a stigma that they would hide. Right. Right. It's true. And yeah, everyone has their own story and you know, it's not an easy thing to talk about. And I definitely Mm -hmm. don't want to like be shaming people that don't talk about it. But I think that when you do talk about it, it really, really can open doors for people Mm -hmm. who really thought that they were the only person in the world that struggled with it. (laughs) You know? Yep. I felt like that for so many years. Yeah. And you feel embarrassed because you're like, how could anybody possibly have such a horrible habit? It's kind of like, like a weird slash gross slash like, it's just, you know, yes, you pick your skin, like people pick their skin, but like not to that extent. So it's like, it's kind of strange, right. but like, it's not as strange as I think, because there's so many other people that have it. Wow. And it could be, you oh, know, it could such... be nail biting or like um, biting, mm-hmm. you know, the skin around your nails. Like that's considered the BFRB, you know, people who are, do that constantly. Right. Like you said, it's so much more complex mm-hmm. than anybody understands. Yeah. So that kind of leads me to my next question, which is what do you really wish people understood about BFRBs? Or it could be specifically skin picking mm-hmm. or just BFRBs in general. Well, I wish one day... Um, that BFRBs will not be a stigma or an issue to hide from. I wish to have rehabs and more support groups all over the world for people who suffer and struggle and need education on these BFRBs. Um, I wish for everyone to know that you are not alone. Although there is a stigma with the disorders and they're not well talked about, Just know you are beautiful and you don't have to hide any longer. There is a community of us. And for anyone that is struggling, please reach out to either pickingme.org or the Picking Me Foundation is the foundation that I found on social media. Um, You can go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They're, They're out there and we're out there. So reach out the support group that I'm in there's people of all ages and all genders um so there was someone as young as 17 in the group and there's someone as like well into their 60s so it's not just you know teenagers or people in their 20s you know it's everyone 